Welcome to the Paradigm Shift on 4ZZZ 102.1, where we challenge the assumptions of our current society to resist oppression and investigate alternative ways of living for a world based on justice, solidarity, and sustainability. Gindanami, welcome to the Paradigm Shift on 4ZZZ 102.1 FM Community Radio. My name is Andy and it is great to be back with you here in the 4ZZZ studio. It's probably the first time I've been in here in six months or more. I've been up in central Queensland most of that time trying to stop a coal mine being built, but if you can't be there, it's great to be here at 4ZZZ uh, with you all and good on you for continuing to support community radio. I will be with you for the next hour. We're going to be talking about Extinction Rebellion and trying to stop the climate crisis. I was this morning, well, in the city, on the south end of the city. We started at Karupa Park and a bit on William Jolly Bridge where the latest Extinction Rebellion rally to try to disrupt business as usual and bring attention to the climate crisis we are causing took place. I did a bunch of interviews with people there. We'll hear from a few of them. We might hear a bit about the campaign to stop Adani. I have here with me in the studio Zoe. How are you going, Zoe? Good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Um, and Zoe has been up on the climate front lines there where Adani are trying to build their destructive Carmichael mine as well. And so after hearing from Extinction Rebellion, we might talk a little bit about that. And we'll play some songs from the... Brand new compilation, Rock and Roll for Block and Coal. It's put together by Frontline Action on Coal. It's some of the the people who have uh, been up there on the front lines trying to stop that mine being built. Some of the music that has soundtracked that struggle. So that is what's coming up for the next hour. Stay tuned. And let's start off with... Oh, let's start off with a little bit of sound from the rally and then we'll chat with one of the uh, Extinction Rebellion organisers, Hannah. Can you start off by introducing yourself? Yeah, sure. So I'm Hannah Dool. Um, I've been trying to work with Extinction Rebellion in Southeast Queensland for a while to get people active in the climate crisis. 
So it's been a big year for Extinction Rebellion. Uh, at the start of this year, most people would not have heard these two words put together, but uh, it's gained a lot of attention. Can you tell us a bit about the story of Extinction Rebellion in 2019? Um, so Extinction Rebellion in 2019 worldwide was definitely um, flagmarked by the UK occupation of London, which was massive. In, in April, it went for 11 days. It was around that time as well that it kicked off in southeast Queensland, one of the first places to be active in a so-called Australia. Um, and from there, it's really gained a lot of momentum very quickly in Brisbane with people coming together from across different areas to take direct action and civil disobedience in the face of the climate crisis with the idea of um, really telling it for what it is and acting as if that's the case, which is near-term social collapse if we continue with inaction. So, as you say, it's a, a worldwide thing, but it's also an Australian thing and a Brisbane thing. How does it differ in uh, the context where Extinction Rebellion plays out? Uh, because it's a global movement that is something, you know, we want to be accessible to everybody. That means it has to be adaptable. It has to be able to fit into its context. So what's that, what that's meant for Brisbane is um, really considering the political context of this continent um, and really shifting the focus away from demands on government which we know in this continent are entirely illegitimate and based on an illegal occupation and attempted genocide and shifting that focus towards changing power structures which is already in the principles of Extinction Rebellion but um, yeah returning the power to people who have been totally disenfranchised by this system. How much um, space and autonomy is there for uh, the different places to change, adapt to their own context? So Extinction Rebellion's, I think, success in terms of its momentum is based on the fact that all that is required to call yourself Extinction Rebellion is that you adhere to 10 principles. Um, they're very broad, things like non-violence, um, based on system change and the change that is necessary, that sort of thing. Um, so it is really an adaptable movement and it is based on autonomy and decentralisation. So people have the capacity to grab onto it and make it what they need it to be. And so the the most famous tactic of Extinction Rebellion has been these mass civil disobedience arrests. Can you tell us about that as a tactic? One of Extinction's main, Rebellion's main tactics is public-facing mass civil disobedience acts with maximum disruption of business as usual, which is blocking roads. And a result of that, those blocking roads has been historically being arrested and put into the watch house. That isn't by any means the uh, goal of Extinction Rebellion South East Queensland. The goal is maximum disruption and forcing climate crisis onto the agenda of people that could otherwise ignore it. In a sense, polarising people to feel the necessity to act and become a part of it. And so we've got public-facing actions, and then the next step from there is to have targeted actions that are really attacking the powerful criminals that are condemning us all. It's um, uh, a tactic of civil disobedience to, to bring to the surface the tensions that underline us going about our daily business as we destroy our planet, for example. Um, you certainly have brought some of those tensions out um, in the, the media and government and things like that. What 
what's been some of the responses from the power brokers in our society? So Queensland has been an incredible uh, example for the way government can turn on dissent and turn on peaceful protests. We've seen new laws passed, um, anti-lock-on laws, which were entirely founded on lies that the Premier was actually caught out for lying about there being dangerous explosive and, and things like this inside lock-on devices. Um, and, yeah, despite this being totally based on um, groundless propaganda, those laws were passed. We're seeing a massive crackdown in the way police and authority are dealing with peaceful protesters. For example, just a couple of weeks ago, um, three Extinction Rebellion activists who were involved in a coal train stopping action near the port of Brisbane were denied bail by a magistrate's court and, as a result, kept in custody. It was going to be for over two weeks, but that decision was later overturned by the Supreme Court. Yeah, so it's things like that that we're seeing extreme crackdown in, um, yeah, in essentially just peaceful dissent. Is that, as part of that tactic of forcing climate change onto the agenda and bringing out those tensions, is that something that you would expect in Extinction Rebellion? Uh, Extinction Rebellion, I guess, um, attempts to maintain a strong uh, accessibility and public face to make this disruption as safe for as long as possible. So I guess dissent is always going to be met by resistance from the oppressor. That is um, how the current status quo is maintained. Um, but the speed with which that uh, that clampdown on our essential human right to protest um, has been surprising from my perspective. Let me tell you about extreme behavior. It starts with silence. Extreme behavior starts with mouths stuffed by corporate cloth and hands bound by bullies behind backs. Blindfolds of bills that cut skin with their plastic coats. And the companies think they win when they destroy our only home. They destroy their only home, our only home. Extreme behavior is splitting the land's throat with the serrated edge of a knife and licking it clean, mistaking blood for honey. Extreme behavior is burying the history of this land burned by massacres, drilling metal spirals into the ground, sucking lifeblood like a body bathed in leeches. Extreme behavior is blind men performing open heart surgery behind big bulldozers. We butcher the giver of our own lives and kill ourselves unconsciously in the name of jobs and growth, economic prosperity and the rise of the individual momentarily. Extreme behaviour is a billion dollar industry buying voices. It's governmental policies and laws designed to silence people, protecting life on earth, strategic social control. Extreme behaviour starts with silence and ends with the sounds of civil resistance.
That is the sound of civil resistance there from this morning, Extinction Rebellion protest. Uh, that poem that you just heard was from Ruby Thorburn. It's called Extreme Behaviour. It is on uh, a compilation album called Rock and Roll for Block and Coal that has just come out in the last couple of weeks and that is being launched tomorrow night at Woolongabba Substation. That's on Logan Road in Woolongabba, just near the Gabba Stadium from 7pm Ruby Thorburn amongst others will be performing at the launch of that album and before that poem we were talking to Hannah Dool one of the organisers of Extinction Rebellion in Brisbane it's certainly been a big year for them causing uh, quite a stir with some of the actions that they've done let's go back to hearing from Hannah there's been, among people, I guess, from a leftist political tradition, there have been uh, a lot of support of Extinction Rebellion, but some critiques. Obviously, it's a very new movement. Um, what's been the response to just some of those critiques that have been uh, put up against Extinction Rebellion? Um, well, XRSEQ doesn't have a formal response to those critiques. From my personal perspective, that's all I can speak from. And I think um, it's a matter of this is a movement that is trying to mobilise a mass portion of the population. A mass portion of the population doesn't already have extremely radical politics. So it's incredible that those people are getting active and getting involved and the role of Extinction Rebellion has to then be to have like educational platforms and be bringing intersectionality and all the other ways in which the system is broken um, to those people so that they can then adapt. We're not going to bring everybody on side and have radical change that we need for survival if we only accept people that already have the most radical politics out there. Um, so you've been up on uh, up at Camp Binby, the frontline campaign against Adani. You spent a, quite a, a long stint there. Uh, what do you think are the comparative virtues of ex- organising Extinction Rebellion in the city or being on a on the front line trying to stop a, a coal mine in the traditional sense of a, a blockade camp? Uh, I think both are definitely definitely have their values and definitely have their downfalls. Um, the direct attack of the industry at the coal mine is, of course, an incredible thing and something that I think is super important. Um, I'd say counter to that and the reason why I'm doing Extinction Rebellion activism now is that we can't just stop one campaign. We're not at that point in history where it's um, about protecting an area. We need radical changes. We need total global infrastructure overhaul, energy infrastructure overhaul, like within the next very short period of time, 12 months or so. Um, so, like from my perspective, it needs to be a social movement pushing for change, not a, not a campaign-based greenies mobilised to stop this mine movement. Towards the end of 2019, we've seen maybe the first time ever some of those right-wing elements in the media talking about the need for climate action with the the bushfires and a response to that. Uh, Is this a a change? What what do you think about this kind of the way that discussion about climate change has changed in the mainstream? I think that bushfires definitely have been a massive wake-up call, but also Extinction Rebellion, I, I think, does deserve a degree of credit for pushing the words climate emergency into the mainstream consciousness, including that of politicians. Um, 
it's about acting on those changes that I guess is the next hurdle. But I do think I do think we are, you know, starting to really truly feel the effects of climate change even in extremely privileged countries, and that is hopefully going to kickstart the very slow change. <laughs> 2019 has been a, a big year. Uh, Extinction Rebellion, school strikes, bushfires. What do you think for 2020? Uh, if we're going to have meaningful climate action, what do Extinction Rebellion and uh, a climate movement as a whole, what do we need to do? I think we need to continue with our public facing actions, getting people involved, pushing this on the agenda because it can't be something that's ignored any longer if we have a chance of survival. And I think we then need to, like once we've mobilised those people, target that power at the corporations that are killing us. So have really effective targeted actions at things like the fossil fuel economy, the fossil, sorry, the fossil fuel industry within Australia, the export, which is the largest in the world, and be having really successful blockades of that destructive industry. What do you think? Um, there's a lot of talk about crisis and uh, whether we've gone far enough. What do you think are our chances of building a movement that has uh, the ability to make the change we need? I think that we're certainly not going to achieve it if we don't do anything. Um, regardless of our chances, I don't think that the decision of whether or not we'll be successful um, is to be made by those privileged people that have done most to contribute to the climate crisis and will feel its effects the least. From my perspective, as one of those people, it's my responsibility to try for as long as I can. Um, for me to tap out when I'm not going to be the one to feel the brunt of the effects first is entirely irresponsible and not my place. been going mate how was your day crew of trusty activists not my fucking
getting education when the experts are ignored How dare you steal our future How dare you steal our childhood Fairy tales of eternal economic growth Millions of kids saying we've had enough Change is coming, you like it or not Like it or not, like it or not My teacher with her hands in a lock-on pipe Bringing the message, doing what's right My teacher dragged off by the cops Politicians won't listen, what choice has she got? She's a teacher who knows the facts She knows she has to act She's a teacher who knows the facts says Feralizer there with Like It or Not, a bit of a tribute to climate activists. You can find that song on the album Rock and Roll for Block and Coal, which if you are interested in hearing more of, you can have a listen and even purchase it at frontlineactiononcoal.bandcamp.com. All the money raised goes to helping those on the front lines try to stop the Adani mine from being built. And there's lots of great tracks on there, some more of which you'll be hearing uh, on the rest of this show. And if you want to hear them live in person, come down to the launch tomorrow night at Woolongabba substation from 7pm. You are listening to the Paradigm Shift on 4ZZZ. It is 23 past 12. My name's Andy. I'll be with you until 1 o'clock. And we've been talking to people who were down at the Extinction Rebellion rally this morning, um, trying to bring attention to the climate crisis. Now, there's a diversity of people there. You, Some elements of the media may want you to believe that it's all young people, unemployed people with nothing else to do, but there is a great variety there. And uh, we're going to hear from a couple of people on varying spectrums of age and experience here who I ran into this morning, one of whom is 18-year-old student Clancy, uh, the other of whom is very experienced activist Drew Hutton, of course, known for helping to form the Greens Party in Queensland way back in the 80s and starting Lock the Gate in the last decade or so against coal and gas out in rural areas. Let's have a listen to Drew and then Clancy. 
Do you want to start off by introducing yourself? Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm Drew Hutton. Uh, I'm a retired activist. Sort of retired. Well, you're out of the rally today, so you're coming out of retirement, hey? Uh, I'm not exactly coming out of retirement, but I did want to give support to the Extinction Rebellion people. I think they're doing a great job, and uh, I think they're the hope for the future. So you've been involved in the environment movement a long time, many decades, um, and seen different things come and go. How do you feel at the 2019 with climate change on the agenda? Where do you feel we're at? Well, I I really started um, seriously um, pushing the environment back in the early 80s when I saw that um, you know, we were, we were headed for some serious problems with the species extinction, uh, even things like climate change, which were on the agenda back then. Uh, and, uh, I mean, it does me no good at all to see that all those things coming true. But what is good is that um, young people in particular have, uh, have really taken up the mantle, that older generations like myself, uh, yeah, people like myself, um, have, uh, have left and uh, they're running with it and they're doing a wonderful job. You were heavily involved in Lock the Gate, which did a lot to sort of normalise civil disobedience and direct action uh, for environmental causes in Australia. What do you think has been the effect of that over a number of years of Lock the Gate? Uh, well, I, I think your uh, introduction said it all. It, it normalised the idea of civil disobedience within a democratic framework uh, and that all sorts of people have got a stake in um, uh, in having a sustainable society. I mean, the people that we unlock the gate were mobilising were farmers. You know, supposedly some of the most conservative people in the country. And yet they were prepared to come out, um, get arrested if need be, certainly lock their gates against the uh, coal and, and coal seam gas companies. So having been um, around for a while, and what uh, do you think of Extinction Rebellion? What advice do you have to offer for XR? Oh, I, I don't have any real advice for, uh, for XR. I think they're, they're, um, they're doing brilliantly. I tell you what, it, it, it reminds me of the, um, uh, the late 60s, actually, this period, um, when I first started to become active um, in the anti-Vietnam campaigns. I mean, the same sort of uh, young people uh, attempting to make sense of the world, attempting to work out uh, what's the best way of, of acting in order to achieve some decent, humane uh, objectives and, uh, uh, you know, finding their way through the through the mess of life. And uh, I, I've just got enormous uh, respect for what they're doing. And, uh, and I think it's up to my generation to give them whatever support we can. All right. Thanks, Drew. Anything else? Well... I mean, I will say one thing about XR, and that is that um, they're absolutely right that, uh, in that they are saying to people out there, this is not just uh, something that you should be doing. Uh, this is something that, that we all have to get involved in. There is a climate emergency. There's no use pretending there's not. There's no use um, closing your eyes and voting for a, a government, for example, as people did at the last election, which doesn't even have a climate change policy. Uh, you've got to take this seriously and, uh, and you've got to act. And I think the, um, the four or five principles that uh, XR has, um, that has been put
34 is spot on. You know, uh, uh, work with the science. Um, you know, that, that leads the way. Uh, demand that governments are transparent. Uh, and most of all, the Greta Thunberg says, take action. Cool. Thanks, Jay. Uh, can you tell us who are you? Um, I'm Clancy. I'm a university student at QUT. I'm studying law and science. How old are you? I'm 18. And uh, how long have you been involved in Extinction Rebellion? Um, two months now, I think. Maybe just under that, but yeah, about two months. How did you get involved? Um, I went to an arts night and then it, they were planning actions for Rebellion Week and I jumped in. It's been a big couple of years with school strikes and things like that for youth um, being involved in, in climate action. Uh, what, what do you think is important for young people to get involved? Well, it is our future. It's like, you know, um, if your house is on fire, you want to put it out. You don't run away. Um, so, yeah, it's like really prevalent, um, especially for young people, because, yeah, this is our life. This We will not have a future if we do not fight hard and fight now. And, um, yeah. Yeah. What do you think? There's been a lot of people over the years a lot of talk about millennials and they're, they're the selfish, they're the most spoiled generation, the most apathetic, whatever. And what do you think now? People are coming out taking action and being criticised for doing these things. What do you think about Yeah, um, I'm actually Gen Z, so I'm not even a millennial. Um, it's, it's kind of like every generation has that, you know, they're more privileged and more spoiled than the last generation. And um, But yeah, no, I think it's just they raised us up on, like, you know, the Hunger Games and Star Wars and Harry Potter and it's like what else did they expect really it's like yeah you force feed us these books and this literature and these movies that which you literally talk about how the world around has um, influenced the authors and stuff and like this is literally what we're doing we're taking part in our own revolution this is it. What, uh, in your circles uh, I mean you finished high school last year at uni uh, what, how do people feel about climate change and our ability to do something about it well there is it's almost like an almost even split between people who think it's too late it doesn't matter what we do you know we're not going to get to 50 so why should we even try fighting it except then you have you know like people like me and my friends who are like well you know we don't we have to fight this you know it's this is our last chance so you got to keep going it's not over till fat lady sings whatever the song is saying yeah. uh, and what's what do you think it's been a big year 2019 what do you think for for 2020 what's uh, the plan for what do we need to do for climate action? Honestly, I think we need mass mobilization. We need everyone. We need we need increased union density so we can have the unions on our side, so we can have general strikes. Um, we need like boycotts. We need yeah, we need boycotts. We need strikes. We need everyone. We need school kids. We need workers, whether they be laborers, whether they be in the office building at one million. You know, if we need combined efforts across all different, you know, academia and all different jobs because only together can we get through this. And I think hopefully 2020 going into a new decade, people will be like, now's the time. Let's go. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Clancy. All good.
that is Max Kermy there with the end of humanity. Uh, Max, another one who will be playing this Saturday tomorrow. That is at Will and Gabba substation for the launch of Rock and Roll for Block and Coal compilation. Before Max Kermy, we were talking with Clancy Smith and Drew Hutton, uh, people from different ends of the spectrum of age and experience about they were both at the Extinction Rebellion rally this morning and both holding on to hope for the future in the face of the impending climate crisis but trying to do something about it. I'm going to play a couple more interviews. I was there chatting with the the variety of people that were down at the Extinction Rebellion rally and there was at one point as a tribute to Scott Morrison who uh, took a selfie at the Gabba during the first test of Australia versus Pakistan and said he was the cricket would surely give something to cheer for for all the victims of bushfires uh, who have certainly been waiting for something to cheer for. It's not coming from Scott Morrison's government, that's for sure. So as a tribute to ScoMo, there was a cricket game this morning blocking the William Jolly Bridge um, and... I spoke while the cricket game was going on. I spoke to one of the fielders and onlookers, Raman. Who are you? Uh, my name's Raman. I'm a concerned citizen about the whole climate change, climate crisis issue, and um, yeah, I'm here today to you know, show my concern, and hopefully, we can all uh, pressure the government to actually, you know, making some actual changes. Because right now, nothing's happening, and things are getting worse, and we can't sit by and let nothing happen. So, so there's currently a cricket game going on uh, on the middle of William Jolly Bridge. Why is there a cricket game happening here? Well, it's just in response to. Uh, Scott, Scott Morrison's, um, you know, reply to the fireys is like, you know, it's going to be a big summer of cricket. Hopefully that will give the fireys something to cheer on, which is a, you know, pretty disgusting remark considering they've cut the funding to the fireys and they don't seem to give a shit. The Australian government doesn't give to, seem to give a shit about the climate change. And, yeah, we're just, you know, making a parody of that situation and hopefully people realise what a fool that guy is and vote him out. <laughs> Someone just got out in the cricket, I think. What's the, um, what's the importance of, of play and humour in trying to stop the climate crisis? Oh, look, to bring community together. You know, you got to bring, you know, the people, it's us, the people, that's going to make this happen, you know? So it's important to have fun and enjoy ourselves while we're doing it. And, you know, there's people of all ages here, from all different backgrounds, so it's really beautiful. Come together as a community, have a laugh as well, but it's also very serious why we're here. But, yeah, it's important to have fun as well. What do you think about, uh, there's been a lot of press about Extinction Rebellion being uh, these agents of chaos, the intent on destroying our way of life. What do you think of that? I think the real agents of chaos are the fossil fuel corporations, the extractive industry, which, um, you know, who are lobbying the government. So the government are just the puppets to these fossil fuel extractive industries, which are committing the true chaos and the true, you know, catastrophes in the world. So that's what I think of that. All right. Looks like the cricket game is six and out has ended the cricket game. Um, (laughs) We might uh, see what's going on. So who are you? I am I am Hope. I am from Extinction Rebellion, Southeast Queensland. And how long have you been involved in XR? Uh, about six months. What caused you to get involved? Uh, 
I just came to the realization that all of the other methods of protest I'd been involved in for the last 20 or so years were not working and, and there was a bit of an urgent need to step things up. So what other things have you been doing? Oh, you know, uh, taking to the streets in uh, more lawful types of protests and rallies as well as, um, you know, uh, letter writing and phone calling to politicians um, and signing petitions, uh, getting involved in submissions to the government when policy changes happen. Uh, but yeah, you know, none of those things have been very successful. Everything is just escalating in terms of the climate crisis and the government is still quite dedicated to complete inaction. So what happened when you got involved in XR? You took part in action? Um, I did, yeah. I went to a non-violent direct action training and four days later I was glued to a road. <laughs> so tell me about that experience from going from feeling powerless and feeling like what you had been doing wasn't working, that moving into a, a different realm of activism where you're gluing yourself to a road. What, what was the feeling then? I think that, you know, when you, you first take that kind of action and you step into more of a, a civil disobedience type role, it can be really frightening um, because, you know, then you're having to surrender yourself to a, an oppressive and exploitative system, um, which is quite terrifying. But actually going through that process and realising that those systems are limited in, in, you know, the extent to which they can, can repress and silence us um, was really liberating to step up and face the, the fears that I had um, was, yeah, really empowering um, in that sense. And you've been seeing more and more people come along and get involved in these actions? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think every time we have a, a mass mobilisation, the week following we definitely have an, an influx of, of people rocking up, um, you know, trying to find out how they can get involved. Um, so yeah, that's definitely happening. Um, people come and go, of course, depending on, on capacity and, and the other things that they they have going on in their lives. But um, there's definitely a trend towards the, the movement growing um, and, and a lot more networking happening between XR and other activist groups as well. So hopefully we can see a little bit more unity um, and, 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 yeah, sort of, you know, cross-pollination between different groups as we move forward to really come together as a wider community. As far as the media is concerned, XR, what they do is block roads like this, but from what you're saying, the week after is where a lot of it happens. Is there a lot going on behind the scenes trying to build that capacity? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think what a, a lot of the general public might not realise is that this we are, we are a movement of civil disobedience, but that's not all that we are. Um, this is also about community building as well and, and, you know, through regenerative culture, trying to get everybody to a place where we have the, the resilience and the resource and skill sharing that we need to confront the crisis that's coming. Whether the government acts or not, we are going to have enormous challenges to face and by building that community, um, you know, we're going to have a lot more capacity to face that in in a way that, um, you know, is, is more effective. Well, thanks, Hope. Anything else you want to say? Just, yeah, I don't know, like, maybe we don't all want to go extinct, so um, do something. Thanks.
you've got me wondering how much longer that humans have to live at the rate that we're going. This earth won't have much more to give. Well, there'll be no more food in 2022, but that's all right, cause I'll just eat you. Every time I go outside I see the birds and the bees up high And I say, I'm sorry that you're all gonna die At the hands of the corporations Feeding on the ignorance of a global population Who would rather read a magazine or play the PlayStation Than actually get off their ass and look for information And try to understand the climate crisis situation Well, there'll be no more trees in 2023 but that's alright cause I don't need to breathe Oh no Yeah, oxygen is for dweebs I can suck on CO2 anytime I need Oh yeah Well now you got me wondering how soon before these rivers all run dry Whilst we keep on bottling spring water And shipping it to Dubai And I wonder how long we have left I'm not even sure we deserve it Yeah, if the earth keeps on giving but you don't give back Then what the fuck do you expect? Well, there'll be no department stores in 2024, so your mansion's gonna look like shit. That is Docker with Wondering. Yeah, another song off the album, Rock and Roll for Block and Cole. Um, we, you're on the Paradigm Shift on 4 Z for another 13 minutes. We have been at the Extinction Rebellion rally this morning in Brisbane talking to a few of the folks there. I ran into Tom Cotter there, who was last seen locking himself to a machine on Adani's rail corridor up in central Queensland. So I thought I would have a chat to Tom, see what he's up to. So who are you? Hey guys, uh, my name is Tom Cotter. I'm 35 from Queensland, Brisbane. Um, I'm an ecologist and I'm here today at the Extinction Rebellion um, series of actions that are happening in Brisbane City. So you've just been up north as well at the Adani protest camp and the other day you, you locked yourself to uh, some heavy machinery up there. Can you tell us why did you do that? Oh yeah, um, yeah that was yeah back on Monday this week. Um, yeah, I felt absolutely compelled um, to come up to North Queensland, um, the Dani Carmichael coal mine site, um, proposed rail corridor, decided that um, I wanted to lock on to um, a grader that they had. There's a series of machinery there and I selected um, the, the largest one, the easiest one I could find. It was quite a, it was a cool experience. It was like a lot easier than I thought it would be. Um, but why I did it was um, I was really motivated by uh, the bushfire emergency um, with Queensland declared um, a state of emergency for bushfires for the majority of November. It's not looking good for the next few months also given um, the, the drought 
Um, so yeah, I'm just I'm really shattered um, by the amount of devastation that these fires have caused to to people, their lives um, that have been lost, their property, um, their livelihoods. It's going to take decades to rebuild um, the habitat that's been um, lost as well. Uh, plants and animal life have obviously they've just been scorched. Yeah, I mean, as you're an ecologist and say this is your your business, you know, plants and animal life, have you seen the effects of climate change in that? Yeah, uh, we've definitely noticed that um, climate change is one of the key drivers of the extinction crisis that the globe is currently in. It's a sixth mass extinction um, with one million species across the world currently threatened with extinction. Um, habitat loss, habitat degradation, invasive species, disease, and climate change. They are the key drivers of the extinction crisis. Um, and the humans are part of the, the ecosystem. So we're in line for extinction as well if we keep the emissions, the habitat clearing that's we're currently going through. So uh, we've already, there's been one species in Australia that's been directly linked to extinction through climate change, sea level rise up in the Torres Strait, the Bramble K Melamy. Um, that was avoidable. Um, there was no management plan for the species. It could have been avoided, but you know, climate change plus inaction for helping the species out has meant that we've just lost another one of our little mammals up north. So, yeah, it's not looking good for rainforest species, um, particularly um, as the as temperatures increase, um, they become more and more isolated further up on hill slopes, um, and eventually, as that decline increases further in altitude, there'll simply be no rainforest or habitat for them to exist. Um, in t 2030, if we continue on this emissions trajectory, we're looking at a one and a half degrees increase in average global temperatures from pre-industrial levels. Um, at that point, we're going to start to lose entire ecosystems. Um, Great Barrier Reef um, is going to be one of the first to go. Um, all these ecosystems are interconnected. Um, people are in these ecosystems. If we keep doing it, we're going to get extinct as well. It's, it's tragic that we're doing this to ourselves, uh, but this is the Anthropocene era that we're in. So. so, and with all this in mind, you've decided that as as an ecologist, beyond just uh, you know managing these species, you're going to take direct action. What's the importance of taking direct action for climate change? Yeah, at this stage, um, you know, I was sitting down when I was locked in. I was thinking, how did it come to this? And you know, I'm sitting locked onto a machine and. It's purely because everything else hasn't worked. Um, we're continuing on as a species globally on this trajectory. Um, and this is a real, it's a solid statement. I'm physically putting my body on the line to let corporations who are destroying our planet know that I oppose them. And this is what I'm willing to do. I'm willing to do something that I wouldn't obviously normally do, lock onto a machine. But I feel like it's a very direct way of letting them know that me and many others do not they oppose um, the environmental degradation that they're putting forward purely for their own profits and greed. Um, cool. All right. Thanks, Tom. That is Tom Cotter there um, talking about the ecology of climate change but also about taking action uh, to try to do something about climate change. And we have been chatting with all kinds of different people who were at Extinction Rebellion's uh, 
protest this morning. I think it's, I'm not sure whether it's still going on there. They might still be roaming around the city somewhere. Um, they, unlike a number of others, there weren't uh, mass arrests this morning, at, at least as long when I was there. Um, but I do encourage you all to get involved, protect your own climate in whatever way you can, whether that's with Extinction Rebellion or other groups. Um, you could go up to the front lines like... Uh, Tom there was talking about locking into machine. Like I've been up there, and like Zoe, who's w- with me here in the studio, has been up there. What's your experience been up at uh, Camp Binby on the Adani front line, Zoe? My experience up at camp has been amazing. Um, I feel like I went up there for very selfless reasons to try and help the climate crisis. Um, but now I'm staying for the selfish reasons of I just love the people there, and I yeah, I just really enjoy being there. Mm. There's uh, a number of different groups around the country and different organisations doing things. I mean, Frontline Action on Coal up there is really on the front lines, keeping an eye on Adani and trying to take direct action, putting people's bodies in the way of the construction of that mine. What do you think is the value of that kind of action? Very valuable. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. Um, And I think, do you think that that... um, People, a lot of people go through that space. Do you think that the experience of that community and that way of doing politics empowers people when they go back to other places? Yeah, definitely. And all the skills that you pick up along the way are invaluable. You're getting involved doing photography and, and videography. Is that something that you had done before um, going up to the front lines? No, that wasn't something that I had experience in. Um, just the person that was in charge left and needed somebody to take over and now I'm all skilled up. Yeah, that's right. Taking photos to stop climate crisis. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is the Camp Binby. It's up on uh, west of Bowen. Uh, it's a, a f- between the Adani Carmichael Mine proposed site and the Adani's Abbott Point Port where the, that coal would be being shipped to overseas. And if you want to find out more about that camp, you can go check out Frontline Action on Coal. Their website is frontlineaction.org or on Facebook it's Frontline Action on Coal. Um, and get in contact and it is certainly a, an empowering thing and that mine can be stopped, you know. People, power and these kind of movements have stopped other projects in the past and People think it's approved. The Queensland Labor government sort of folded and says they want to go ahead, but uh, the fires going on all around Australia at the moment are evidence that we need to do something about it and it's not too late to stop that mine. Um, And I just want to add that there are plenty of ways that you can get involved without being arrested. You don't have to do that. You um, You can help by cooking. You can help by doing media. There are so many ways you can help from behind the scenes. Um, and especially if you have the time to go up long-term and help from that angle. That's right, and it's going to take a lot of different skills. We face a, a crisis that's, like, going to affect every part of our life and that's almost existential, you know. We have to face the reality of how we've lived and what we've done to the planet, and so it requires a lot of change, and um, in some ways those radical changes you can start skilling up to to learn how, how do we need to live in a, a way that's not going to destroy the planet um, by learning to take political action and live together and live sustainably. So, 
Get involved. Get involved in Extinction Rebellion. If you're here in Brisbane, it's a good crew of people. Um, or if you can make it up there to uh, Camp Binby, the Adani Frontlines, get involved up there mm-hmm. or wherever you're listening, however you can. Um, it is all of our responsibility, as some of the listeners have said. We have caused climate change and we don't get the option of getting getting out of it because so many species, so many people uh, in the poorest parts of the world have no power over this and no option other than to just accept the consequences that we've caused. So it's all of our responsibility and all of our opportunity to be part of making a better world, getting together and um, learning how, how to live, make some good friendships. That is about it for the paradigm shift. Thanks, Zoe, for hanging out in the studio with us. <laughs> thanks everybody in uh, out at Extinction Rebellion. Thanks everybody out there who's trying to make a better world, including you. If you go out today and do something to um, improve our situation, and keep tuning into Four Triple Z Community Radio. We need independent media as well. It's going to tell the truth. I'm going to play one more song from the album Rock and Roll for Block and Coal. If you've liked the music and you want to hear lots of other songs that are about trying to stop the climate crisis, head to frontlineactiononcoal.bandcamp.com. You can grab the album or come tomorrow night to Woolongabba Substation. That's 45 Logan Road from 7 p.m. There's going to be a, a gig with some of the artists playing at it. Um, and let's go out with a very optimistic one from Spindles. This is Dream Human. Mm-hmm. Catch you next time. Unleash your superior temporal gyrus Find us a cure for our humanity blindness When neurons collide and entwine We will find a design In the palm of our hearts it is lurking Such mass oppression is surely a system To call into question I've swallowed enough of my doubts Now I'm fed up I know we can do better Dream human Don't just go to sleep Try to change now, try to change far